It is Monday, August the 24th, 2020. A fun weekend for sure. Spend some time with friends and family. There were sports and pro wrestling all over the fucking place. And my black eye has gotten 100% worse since dropping my phone on my face last week. Please stop asking if my wife punched me. She wouldn't dare. All of that and so much more on episode number 32 of Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Oh boy, what is up? What is going on? Uh, happy Monday, folks. Hope your Monday is off to a, a rousing start here. I hope your week is wonderful. A lot going on this week. Busy week here in the uh, LaPointe household. Uh, we close on the... Uh, Townhouse, so we're selling the place on Wednesday. We close on the the new place on Friday. And then we wait. Figure out when the fuck we're going to actually move. Stressful. A lot of nonsense. But, um... Looking, um, hopefully, you know, if things play out alright and... Um, you know, things sort of work out. We'll be, we'll be good to go. Um, yeah, we, I, I'm saying four to six weeks is my guess. Hopefully it's not much quicker than that. While, you know, we've done a pretty good job of packing. I really do think that there's a lot of, uh, loose ends that need to be tied up. So whether it's in packing and, uh, preparation for the new spot, this, that, and the other. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Oh, boy. Anywho, as I mentioned, uh, great weekend. Um, had um, dinner and drinks with some friends that I hadn't seen in a while on Thursday. Honestly, it was awesome. Uh, conversations, all kinds of different things. We talked about this shitty podcast, uh, hiding porn in the woods, bidets and ass dryers. All very intellectual and mature stuff, really. Um, but I'm very lucky to be friends with that wonderful group of people. So thank you guys very much. Um, Saturday, went and celebrated my buddy Matt's birthday. So um, a public happy birthday to Matthew. Hopefully he enjoyed it. But another wonderful group of people for the most part, except for Matt. He's annoying. Love him to death, but seriously. No, that's it. I shouldn't say that. That's rude. He's an occasional listener of the program. Big fan, supporter. Thank you. Uh, my oldest friend, so I can, you know, tell him that he sucks. And I would expect the same. So, um, 
but it was a great time. Great, great evening on Saturday. Um, and we had an excellent meal at this place. If you're looking for a great dining experience and you happen to be in the center of Middleborough, Massachusetts for some ungodly reason, be sure to visit the Charred Oak Tavern at 57 Center Street, a local seafood and whiskey bar. Wait, what? That's what they call themselves? Hmm. Home to the largest whiskey selection in eastern Massachusetts, the Charred Oak Tavern features a diverse menu of great steaks, burgers, the amazing bourbon candied bacon appetizer, and some seafood. I mean, there's seafood on the menu, but who's going to fucking Middleborough for seafood? Anyways, the amazing rustic atmosphere and horseshoe-shaped bar is visually appealing and offers diners a warm and relaxing environment to share dinner and drinks with friends. So call 508 923 9034 to make a reservation and then head over to the Charred Oak Tavern, 57 Center Street, Middleborough, Massachusetts, for a fine dram and an excellent meal. We stumbled upon the aftermath of the severe weather system that blew through uh, southeastern Massachusetts on Saturday. Um, a microburst, if you will. Fancy weather term for you. Uh, that that blew through here, touched down, whatever, but just fucking horrible. Um, giant, you know, a lot of felled trees all over the place. It's interesting. We're turning down this road, and I immediately said to, to my wife, I'm like, oh, man, there's no streetlights here. What the fuck? Are we really in the middle of fucking nowhere here? No, Nowhere Middleborough that there's no streetlights? Well, there was a reason for that. There was no electricity because dozens of trees had fucking collapsed uh, over power lines and into the street. We, you know, we're dodging trees in the street. Well, it turns out there was a you know, fucking highway department truck that had come by and was cutting the trees out of the street for cars to get through. So uh, eventually we caught up to the highway department. We had to turn around and go back. So, you know, that kind of sucked. Um, what else? Oh, this also sucked. And I'm sure that everybody can relate here. That's the part of the program where the host relates to the listener. It's one of the things that you'll find here on Complaints and Observations. You can relate to my nonsense for the most part. But anyways, I dropped a pint glass with coffee in it on the floor yesterday. In the morning, with coffee, ice, and a pint glass. Nice Patriots pint glass. Um... And I dropped it on the floor. So now it's got me thinking, why is glass still made to shatter in literally 80,000 fucking pieces? I mean, this thing was a goddamn explosion. Why? What's the, what's the point? Like, fix that shit, pint glass makers. Those things must... They break all the time, pint glasses. I mean, you're in a bar, and uh, you hear a glass break, and then, of course, you have the... Uh, obligatory, yeah! Oh, shut the fuck up. 
assholes. Why? Can't we do better with glass? I don't know. Maybe it's because of its, you know, the product itself. It's made of sand, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. That's how glass is made. Maybe that's just it. Maybe you can, you know, can't do much about it. Probably why plastic was really invented and is now uh, the dominant beverage holding container. I don't know. But it's such a it's such a massive pain in the ass to clean when you drop it and it shatters on the floor. Because now it's now you're like you're careful, you're on fucking hands and knees and you're looking for like a reflection in the light to try to find that those last few shards of glass so that your fucking cat doesn't step on it and now it's a you know a thousands of dollars to have the piece of glass removed from your cat's paw. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. Knock on wood. Hope you heard the uh, vibration of the springs there. But speaking of glass, remember uh, very fine drinks. For for some weird reason, uh, Saturday night, as we were leaving my buddy's house, I'm walking outside, and something must have happened where I started thinking of very fine drinks. I don't know if there were some in the house and I didn't, I, I really don't know how it came up. It was kind of half in the wrapper. So I'm not really sure, um, why it came up, but man, those fucking glass bottles with the styrofoam label, that shit was banging that those with like the, you know, in the metal cap, the pop-up cap and it had the kick-ass logo. That logo was fucking sweet. The black background with the vibrant, like, red, uh, white, and green apple. Oh, man. Just beautiful. Great piece. Love it. Tried to find one. Find, like, a stand-up cooler on uh, on eBay. Couldn't find one. And oddly enough, side story, I used to work for a guy uh, back when I, when I worked for the... Uh, the uh, Pilgrim, Pil- man, Plymouth Pilgrims Baseball Club down in Plymouth, Massachusetts. The dearly departed, defunct Plymouth Pilgrims, R.I.P. in peace. Uh, the original owner of the club had a friend named Jim, super nice guy, incredibly wealthy. And I found out why. Jim was the inventor of the uh, can-shaped display cooler. Yep. He invented the can-shaped display cooler. And, um, you know, went on to um, make a nice chunk of change. Sold it to Coke. So, good side story. Invent something stupid and you'll make money. It's it's a dream come true. Uh, I've, I constantly am thinking of random shit and I Google it and it's already invented and I hate myself. But anyway... Um, very fine drinks. I did, I had to do some digging. It was a a Western mass based, uh, company. And they actually were in the vinegar business. Apple cider vinegar. There you go. Started making apple juice. Very fine. Blah, blah, blah. But anyways, they came out with, um, fruit 2.0. The water, the fruit flavored water. Well, they sold Fruit 2.0 to somebody. And then very uh, very fine, the brand is now owned by Sunny D. Yep. Very fine juice, which was 
roughly 8% juice, 92% high fructose corn syrup, fueling the growth of obesity in the 80s and 90s. I mean, seriously, it was garbage as a beverage and terrible for you, but it was fucking tasty. The apple juice was the king. They had other juices. There was an OJ that was that was okay, but the apple juice was where it was at. Anyways, very fun. I don't know why I fucking thought of that, but it's just weird how that worked out. Um, yeah, I mentioned sports, a lot of sports. Good. I shouldn't say good. Um, oh, you know, okay. UFC card on Saturday. The the headliner was uh, old man Frankie Edgar, who hung in there for five rounds with a guy who probably should have beat him. My buddy Jeff had some dynamite UFC analysis when he said, "Quote, ooh, right in the face." End quote. Like, yeah, Jeff, that's that's how they do things. He's like, "What about?" That one went right in the face. Well, all right, buddy. Gotcha. Right in the face. That's kind of the plan. Punch people in the face. Um, Big, big win for the Bruins last night. Big, big win. 3-2 game, but it really should not have been that close. Charlie McAvoy scored two goals for the Lightning. So, you know, excellent output from Chuck. But... Halak was terrific. I mean, one one was kind of a fluky goal. Second one, couldn't really see it. And again, McAvoy fucking tipped it, so went in the net. But played well, that first line. And then, I've been reading about it all morning, um, Bruce Cassidy putting David Krejci on that first power play. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Like, Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak, David Krejci, Tory Krug. On that first power play. That is fucking unstoppable. Unstoppable. There is no fucking way they're not getting at least one power play goal per night. With that group on the ice for a minute and a half power play. There's just no fucking way. David Krejci in the playoffs is a fucking magician. That I don't know what gets into the guy. Just takes it easy. Skates. Literally. Uh, during the regular season, playoff start, and boom. I mean, obviously, last season, last season, I don't. I, he was he had to have been beat up during the playoffs last year. So, my guess is that game two, Tampa comes out and tries to throw hands right off the jump. And so, I hope that fat fuck Nick Ritchie is in there to punch somebody back in the face. He's not really fat. I just like saying that because he started a little slow. So I like to say he's fat, you know. Uh, Celtics with a sweep, no doubt. Um, I think they're going to beat Toronto in the next round, especially if if um, if Lowry doesn't play. Toronto's fucked. But um, you know, Celtics are fine. I'm not. I'm not really worried about the Celtics. There's no reason they can't get past Toronto. No reason. They're they are the better team. Um, and then if they get, I don't really, I, 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 the Bucks are good. Are the Bucks great? No. Uh, I don't see it. I mean, if, if the Celtics make it to the finals, they've got a coin flip shot. Like the Lakers are good, but it's, it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, and a bunch of fucking scrubs. 
So, look, honestly, they've got as good a shot as anybody. The fucking Clippers might not get out of this round. Luka Doncic, holy Christ, is that kid good. He is... Uh, he's he's like a... He's a slower LeBron, like, just, it, like, size-wise. He's a fucking big boy. It, people call him Larry Bird, but, you know, look, it's because he's white. They call him Larry Bird. But, I mean, his game is... I hate to say it, but by the time Luke is done, he could be better than Larry Bird just because his game is is everywhere, all around. And, and look, Larry Bird now would be Luka Doncic for sure. Growing up with the three-pointer, growing up playing defense, and talking the ever-living shit out of everybody. The best trash talker in the history of sports, Larry Bird. If you don't know, look it up. But yeah, Luca with that overtime game winner, dagger. I hope they get through, and they play, and they fucking beat him with Porzingis, and Porzingis has been beat up for pretty much the entirety of his career. The Knicks really fucked up that poor kid. But uh, yeah, a lot of soccer as well. Europa League. I bet on Inter, and Inter lost. I was not pleased. Entertaining. I could only watch the first half and. Uh, watched first half uh, with some friends uh, at the Banshee in Dorchester, Dynamite Irish Pub. If you haven't been there, get the curry. It is fucking amazing. Entertaining first half. Goals all over the place. I had enter in the over. I had enter and the over. And they should have won. Sevilla, fuck Sevilla. Said it a thousand times now. Fuck Sevilla. But, um,. Yeah, it was an entertaining game. I went back and watched the second half highlights, and it was much slower in the second half than it was in the first, but I think it's because Sevilla knew they could beat them. So there you go. Champions League final yesterday. Slow first half, better second half. I'm just glad PSG lost. I had Bayern. Uh, I, I had Bayern in the over, and it was a 1-0 game, so I lost that fucking bet. But well, what, what can you do? I actually bet... I made a ton of bets over the weekend, a ton. Going into Friday, I was, um, I was up one hundred and twenty-eight dollars. Coming, looking this morning, I'm up ninety-one. So, you know, it's basically wash. The fucking jazz last night. Let's talk about Jamal Murray from the Nuggets, who buries a three-pointer with less than a second to go to kill that jazz bet. Fuck you. It was Jazz minus three. Murray hits this three-pointer with five-tenths of a second to go, and that's that. So that was fucking annoying. Um, Yeah, here's a commercial. Check it out. One of the things that I had talked about, um, it was during the last, yeah, during the last episode, the, the restaurant industry as a whole and how it's kind of... Um, uh, you know, having difficulties and talking about the, you know, the places that adapt and the places that, uh, you know, try to do what they can to to get through this. And it's pretty funny because the thing that prompted that was the story about uh, McGreevy's on Boylston Street closing uh, for good because of the pandemic and whatnot. And that sort of the piece that I read was talking mainly about the the downfall of Irish pubs in the area. So 
um, I, I just mentioned the Banshee in Dorchester, which is, I mean, of all the Irish pubs that left in the Boston area, that is one of, if not the most Irish of the pubs. I mean, all the bartenders are Irish, legit Irish. You can hear it. They're Irish. Super nice. Don't take any shit. They tossed my buddy Nick out one time for stealing a French fry. Not literally, but, you know, he had been in there previously, and this bartender with a fucking photographic memory is like, oh, you're the fucking dumb asshole that we had to throw out of here the other night. Get the fuck out. Get out with you. I can't do an Irish accent. Anyway, the Banshee is an Irish pub. They sell food, and as I mentioned, the curry is fucking dynamite. It's, it's, I dream about it. It's probably out of a package, but I just love it so much. But anyways, they've set up their, like, pub tables along the bar. So there's three chairs, and then the fourth chair, quote-unquote, would be the bar itself. So then the, the bartender can serve you there. Honestly, it's a brilliant move. And it's that kind of adaptation that allows businesses like that to survive. So good on you, Banshee. They also have outdoor seating. It just, I don't, you know, you have to make the effort if you want the business to get through the year. It's going to be tougher. Once uh, the winter comes, it's going to be tougher. But that's when the real innovation and the real sort of uh, quality thinking uh, uh, people are going to uh, come to the forefront. So one of the other places that I mentioned was another bar called um, Connor Larkins. Now, that's a place that um, I had visited a couple of times and, you know, yeah, you know, kind of just a dumpy college bar. They didn't serve food. And, I'm, you know, again, I am speaking out of turn here, so I don't really know how much of an effort they put into trying to do that. But long story short. I got, uh, my wife sent me a, a post about a, a yard sale happening in Holbrook, next town over, about an Irish pub that closed. They're selling all the decor. So I'm like, oh, that'd be fucking cool. You know, when I, when we move into the new broadcast palace, this would be a cool place to have, uh, you know, maybe pick up some stuff. Kind of neat. So I go all kinds of, you know, the cheesy metal bar signs and all that crap. They did have some. I was specifically looking for Guinness stuff because I love uh, the Guinness ads with the toucans and, and things like that. I I think they're just so well done and they're classic. Love them. So I'm seeing all kinds of Northeastern stuff here and I'm like thinking, I bet I know what this is. So I asked the girl, hey, which Irish pub was that? Oh, Connor Larkins. I'm like, you fuckers. You fuckers, shut down, can't can't handle it, can't adjust. And again, I'm speaking out of turn. I know that. I just hate to see a decent place just shut down because of the pandemic without trying to make an effort. I don't think the state really did a good enough job with how they handled timing and everything else. However, that's not the point point to me is if you don't make an effort you're not going to get what you want same goes for me with this stupid podcast you know 
if I don't make the effort, I'm not going to get people to listen. So I may start annoying you people way more than I have previously to spread the word and tell your friends. I start doing a little bit more marketing. I don't really want to pay for it. So you know, I'm asking uh, my listeners to spread the word. Again, I've got some stickers. I put, I've seen a couple of uh, people put stickers up in random places. Thank you very much. I love that. Uh, once I get rid of these, I'm going to have some, uh, hopefully get some bigger stickers that can you know actually be read. We'll see. But uh, if you don't put in the effort, you're not going to get what you want. Same goes for, you know, trying to find a job. And I, the good thing is that, you know, my wife is keeping a very, um, she's being the, the real optimistic one here when it comes to this job search thing. Because I get down on myself way too easily. Way too easily. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, the fuck, I, Jesus Christ, I hate this whole fucking, I'm just looking at the, the setup here with, uh, with this episode and with this fucking server. Oh my God, I hate you so much. I need to get out of this. Fuck. Now I'm rambling. Anyways, let's talk about something else. Um, the uh, the Oakland Raiders. Yep, they're not the Oakland Raiders anymore. The Las Vegas Raiders, Dave. Um, I will have an easier time calling the Raiders the Las Vegas Raiders, way more than the Chargers being the Los Angeles Chargers. Can't do it. They're forever the San Diego Chargers. So, fuck you, L.A. Chargers. Anyways, there was a tweet. A guy got his season ticket package in the mail. From the Raiders. And it was a box. You open the box and it was. um, A. uh, You know. Plastic model. Of their new stadium. Allegiant Stadium. And it was playing the. um, The NFL films music. Uh, I believe the actual title is. Autumn Wind. The Autumn Wind is a Raider. That one. You know the song. And it was the coolest fucking thing that I have ever seen. Not ever, but, it, it you know, lately. The Raiders have this weird... They're inherently cool. Even though they've sucked for fucking 25 years. It's weird. You think of the Raiders and you think... It's a cool brand. Like, Al Davis did a great job building the Raiders brand more than anything else. He won Super Bowl, sure. Uh, his son, eh, a little slow, but I think he's fucking finally got his mojo because, one, the stadium is fucking cool as hell. The stadium is amazing. I cannot wait to get back to Vegas to see this place. The last time I was out there, it was just, it was like, you know, just an iron shell. It wasn't even really a shell. It's probably about 15 to 20% done. And that was, when were we there? Last July. Uh, I cannot wait to, to see this building. Cannot wait. I had the pleasure of touring Cowboy Stadium in Dallas. And being the, the Cowboys fan that I am, 
and you know, in case folks don't know, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I still like the Cowboys. If you don't, fuck you. I get it. Whatever. Um, and it was honestly, it was an unbelievable experience. Th- that place was to say to use the word magnificent would be underselling the place. So my assumption is that the stadium in Vegas is going to be better. Will it be bigger? Probably not because Jerry Jones gets a hard. He's like, you know what Jerry Jones is? He's just like the fucking president he gets a hard on over like the biggest. You know what I mean? You being able to say that about anything true or not, he gets a hard on over it. So um, never nothing's going to be bigger than Cowboy Stadium. So I but just the just the the sheer cool factor in Vegas. One, it's in Vegas. Two, it's all black. It's literally it's the fucking Death Star and it's cool as hell. I just loved it. I'm going to I'll retweet it. I think I may already have, but I'll do it again. So go to Complaints Pod on Twitter and check it out. The video is cool. The whole setup is cool. The Patriots are nice when they send us our tickets. It's in a nice box. And there's a fucking fly in my coffee. You fucking jerk off fly. Fuck you. God damn it. Anyway, the Patriots will send us a nice box. Like, I think I've I've kept a couple. Well, we've only got a couple. We didn't get any this year. I'm kind of pissed that we didn't get anything. The fuck, Bob? Get your shit together. You know, it's a cool... Actually, I'm going to go on a tangent here. So, this is the problem with success, and the Patriots are guilty. You're successful. You suddenly don't think you have to try hard. Right? And I'm. it's not the same for everything. Huh. Weird. That just popped into my head. Should look into that. Um, but yeah, we you, you got to try harder here. We're paying customers. Like, we've already paid. We're not going to a single fucking game this year, probably. Weird. But, uh, but yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it. Just went off on a little bit of a rant or a tangent there. Just found that interesting. So, uh, it's Monday, so you know what that means. As it is Monday, it is time for three gripes. I didn't make a sounder for this. I said I wanted to to have an intro. I made a sounder for for Lock of the Week. Lock of the Week we'll talk about on Thursday. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, I got to do better in terms of the uh, editing the audio for a sounder for three gripes, as it is the longest running segment of the program. Three gripes. Gripe number one. People who neglect to keep up with their away voicemail message. This came up the other day when a dear friend and faithful listener, Mark, uh, called me when I was uh, at the driving range, left me a voicemail uh, because... Mark loves to call and discuss um, the show, which honestly is 
one of my favorite, uh, you know, sort of things that's come out of this is that he'll call and, and talk about it. It's fantastic. Uh, but anyways, I called him back. And uh, in his away message said, I will be out of the office until August 11th. This was like August 18th. He was a week behind. So, you know, look, I, I understand that you forget, but when I was last employed months and months and months ago, anytime I was out of the office, I would make a note and I would take a sticky note, put it on the phone so that when I got back to the office, I would know right off the bat to fix that message. It is always... The number of times I would call a client, let's say it's June 15th, and their away message says, I'll be out of the office till April 20th. It's like, do you not fucking care about people calling you that much that you just don't give a shit? And you know what's even worse? Mark made a good point. He's like, you're the first person to tell me. And he's had a bunch of, uh, of customers and clients call him and leave voicemails, and nobody has said anything. So that tells me that they're not paying any attention to what you're saying. You could you could fucking say anything, and some people wouldn't know. You could say something like, uh, "Hi, this is uh, David Lapointe. Thank you for calling. I'm going to be out of the office until April 11th. Uh, fucking your wife. Please leave me a voicemail, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible." So many people would not have a goddamn clue what you said. It'd be funny if, if I call, and maybe it's just me, but when I call, I want to make sure that who I'm connected to is actually the person who I wanted to call. I will know that from the, uh, the away message. So fix it. It doesn't, it's not a good look. Clean it up. And it can reflect poorly upon you. And I, I don't want to see that happen to you. Because if you listen to my show, obviously I like you. You're a decent human being. Please, clean it up. Uh, be professional. And, uh, and and don't don't do things like that. It's just not it's just not good. Because then assholes like me will say something about it. We're not being an asshole when we say it. We're looking out for your best interests. Mostly. Gripe number two, the whole my pleasure thing at Chick-fil-A. For the uninitiated, when you go to Chick-fil-A, the employees do not say you're welcome. They respond to literally anything you say to them with my pleasure. It has bothered me for a while now. I hear it a lot because I love Chick-fil-A. Their food is terrific. And as a fat person, I uh, have the authority to tell you that it is the second best fast food option. Miles and miles and miles behind In-N-Out Burger. Anyways. I don't understand 
why they do that. So I had to do a little digging because this is what I do. The internet has ruined me as a person. Shouldn't say that when I was a kid and there was no internet, uh, I would spend a lot of time uh, looking at random encyclopedias for no good reason. None of it did me any good. I just retained a bunch of crap. Now here I am unemployed talking to you into a fucking computer. Go figure. But the research that I did and what I found was that there's no actual reason for my pleasure. It's Apparently it's not something that's taught. However, it's like fucking implied. So these, these kids and these people, they're like robots. And it's embarrassing because my guess is that it filters in to their everyday life. So if somebody says thank you, they automatically will say my pleasure. Look, you're not a servant or something. You're an employee for a massive corporation slinging delicious chicken and shitty antiquated homophobia. Just say you're welcome and let's go about our day. Nobody fucking needs it. Um, it is not your pleasure. It's your fucking job. They're paying you. You're not doing it for free. It, unless you're doing fucking cartwheels going into a Chick-fil-A to fucking work the drive through It's not your pleasure. So stop. Just say you're welcome. There's no need for the phony crap. I can guarantee you nobody wants to hear it except for, you know, uh, the the douchey Karens who think that they, you know, that you owe them something because they're spending $7.50 on a chicken sandwich meal. My pleasure. Fuck off. Man. Yeah, it bothers me. And I, I don't want to say anything. I kind of do want to say something. Like, listen, you don't have to say that. Because I know, because it's not it's not in explicitly stated in their employee handbook. That's how fucking deep I went with this nonsense. I don't put this kind of effort into literally anything else except for crap. That's why this whole fucking podcast, I can't get my goddamn story straight with this thing. I just talk about all kinds of bullshit. That's right. All kinds of bullshit. It's the, that's another podcast name. All kinds of bullshit. Uh, I just got irrationally angry thinking about the my pleasure. Anyway. If you haven't had their chicken sandwich, please go get one. It's, it's really good. It's, you know, it's the long and the short of it. It's really good. Gripe number three. Oh, I just drank the coffee. Shit. There was a fucking bug in that coffee. Well, it's not in there anymore. Now it's swimming in my belly. Ugh, gonna be that kind of day, I guess. <clears throat> anyway, gripe number three. How inconvenience is looked upon now as a tragedy. 
any sort of inconvenience at all, whether it be, I mean, the big thing currently is being asked to wear a piece of cloth on your face in the midst of a pandemic, but it could be anything. You know, the cable goes out, you have to watch your kids, whatever. And so I, I got a kick out of a, a column that came out this morning. Uh, in the New York Times, written by an opinion piece, none other than Jerry Seinfeld, uh, one half of the creative team that created the greatest sitcom in the history of man, Seinfeld. He was <laughs> referring to uh, a LinkedIn column from a dude. Um, whose last name I, I never seem to get right, James Altucher. He has a podcast as well. It's a good podcast. Very, uh, it's pretty good. But, you know, he wrote a column where the, the headline is, New York City is dead forever. Here's why. And he just goes on to whine and complain about how, you know, the pandemic has ruined New York with a bunch of hypothetical crap that somebody wrote on Facebook about a homeless person attacking people. Get the fuck out. Like, you're making shit up, James. Um, and then he's whining and crying about some. And then he talks about a girl who got shot and killed. Uh, okay, well, that's, you know, that's New York City. Rent is plummeted. People are moving away, blah, blah, blah. Well, Jerry's thing was, uh, no, it's not. It's not dying. It'll never die. Go fuck yourself. Which was terrific. I thought that was a great response to what ultimately was a uh, a, a boring column on a uh, a job search site, ultimately a, a professional networking platform that has turned into um, Facebook Lite, LinkedIn. Fuck LinkedIn. It drives me nuts. But it got me thinking, why did inconvenience turn into such a fucking tragedy? When did that happen? It had to have started prior to the pandemic. And I'm sure that there are a number of different examples that, that we could glean uh, that would back that up. But again, this whole mask thing seems to be the one that is driving most of it. Where you're, you're being asked to take care of yourself and other people, yet there's a lot of people who seem to think that it's the world's worst thing. The minor inconvenience of it all it, it, the funny thing to me is, ooh, sorry. The funny thing to me is that during this particular moment in time, moment in time, there's something going on all over the planet. The entire planet, in, in this particular moment, is literally connected humanity in a way that's never been seen before. Everybody on Earth has had to deal with this pandemic in some way, shape, or form. Unless you happen to live in some random Amazonian, uh, you know, uh, native tribe in the middle of, of the Amazon, hence Amazonian, you fucking idiot, Jesus, uh, or Antarctica, which I don't think Antarctica has had a case yet. So, yet, now, now everyone has to deal with this pandemic, and, and to think 
that that you have to deal with it in in somehow a greater fashion than than everybody else is absurdly selfish there is literally no one on the planet other than like Pfizer, Sanofi, GSK, uh, that's happy to have to deal with this virus and that has caused such a shitstorm in our lives. Complaining about it and feeling as if this singular global phenomenon is only raining down upon you just shows how fucking entitled you really are. No one likes it. It is an inconvenience right now for everyone. It is temporary. It is going to end. Time will make everything better. It's just how things go. That's how life goes. Time will make it better. Complaining about it is not going to help. So, look, take a step back. Look around and realize that sacrifices are needed now and, just a tip, literally every single time a tragedy befalls you, now would be a good time to practice that perseverance. Figure it out. Shit happens. It's the greatest fucking expression in the history of the world. Shit happens. Because it does. It happens all the time in how you deal with it is how you get through it. Think about how you can be a benefit to the community and to society as a whole instead of being a whiny fucking burden who will ultimately be left swirling and listening to the distorted reasoning in your own fucking brain. It's not all about you. I promise it's not all about you. It's just too much of this crap. And it just... It fucking eats away at me. Hearing people say shit like, oh, well, we're in the middle of this, uh, this hellscape. We're never going to escape this. Shut the fuck up. I am the most impatient person on the planet, and I like to think that I have been exceedingly patient through all of this. And, and, and to be honest, this has not been the very best time for me. So, here I am, I, I lose my job, uh, it, me and 28 million other people. So, I'm not alone here. I don't have any more right to complain about it than anyone else. It's an inconvenience. And how you deal with it makes you the better person. It will make you a better person, period. If you handle this properly, like an adult and like a normal human being, and realize that it's not all about you, I promise you'll be fine. It's not a tragedy. It's an inconvenience. It sucks for all of us. Take a deep breath, like I said, step back, and think about other ways that you can help out. And if you don't think that that's, you know, making that sort of sacrifice for the greater good, if you don't think that's uh, a valid thing, well, guess what? You're part of the problem. Go fuck yourself. If you don't like it, don't listen to my show. It's my show. Quite frankly, it makes me mad. That's it for today.
all I have the energy for. That's it. I'm going to go play golf this afternoon. Very excited to suck at golf this afternoon. So, um, go to the Twitter page, complaints, but at complaints pod, uh, the Instagram page also at complaints pod. There's a website, complaintsandobservations.com. There's an email address, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. There's also a Facebook page, fuck Facebook, and a YouTube page that I've done nothing with. Uh, feel free to send me a text, give me a phone call, whatever you'd like to do. Carrier pigeon, uh, a FedEx letter, Pony Express, the United States Postal Service. Go buy some stamps, support the post office. Um, that is all for today. I look forward to uh, to speaking with you on Thursday. If you want to be on the show to talk, please let me know. I've said this a thousand times, and I'm looking to, to get started with some guests. The plan, I believe, with the house now is it will probably be moving end of September. So there will be a, a lull in the program. I'm going to try to put together a best of episode to highlight um, the less than shitty segments that I've done on the show. And then I'll come back with season two complaints and observations. So that is it. Thank you so very much. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.